Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This is Canty and Garland on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and streaming live on ESPN+. Plus, ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. No Chris Canty because he's gearing up for that fancy schmancy wedding that he's having on Friday. We wish him all the best. Also, no Chris Carlin. He's been busy hosting Greeny this week, filling in for Mike Greenberg. So instead, you get Amber Wilson and Drew Carter hanging out with you. You can tweet to us at Droodle25. That's him. At Amber W Sports. That's me. You can also give us a call. Join the conversation on the CC call in line. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. So Drew, a little earlier in the show, we had some fun with the preseason NFL power rankings that were just released on ESPN.com. We didn't really get a chance to get very far past number one though. So I want to get back into those power rankings because we kind of got stuck on the Buffalo bills. They are sitting there at number one and drew and I broke out into an argument about how much pressure is on the bills this season. Drew, you think it is super bowl or bust hundred percent super bowl or bust for the bills. Trust me. Talk to a bills fan. They think that Josh Allen is the second coming. And not the second coming of Jim Kelly. They think this is the guy who's going to get them over the hump and win a Super Bowl. But before we go further down the power rankings, Amber, I do want to bring something up. Chris Canty, I just checked his Instagram story to see if there was any wedding-related content. Mm -hmm. He posted that Lou Malnati's Pizza followed him on Twitter. Lou Malnati's, of course, Chicago, legendary, deep-dish pizza. He said, I guess this officially means I'm an honorary Chicago resident. Lou Malnati's Pizza. Have you ever had it, Amber? I have not, but I did hear Canty talking about, I believe it, on, I know mm-hmm. there's several of the famous deep dish places in Chicago. I believe yep. that's the one who he said is going to have pizza supplied at his wedding late night. So I guess they are doing a Chicago deep dish. I have been to Chicago once. I did eat deep dish pizza. My you got, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm a, oh I'm a New gosh. York pizza kind of gal. It's it's too much for me. It's not a pizza. Oh. It's a cake. Oh, wow. It's fine. It's fine if you don't think it's pizza. I get it. First, I disagree. You know, food can come in all shapes and sizes. It's okay. We don't need to to shame pizza for having a deep dish. It's, it's okay. It's still pizza, now, but it's I've still never, delicious, though. I, I've never met a pizza I don't like, including yes. that one. Okay, so it's not as if I'm not going to partake in eating the deep dish pizza. I just, on a scale of ranking pizzas, like, I'm a New York pizza kind of gal. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'll go for a solid thin crust occasionally too. Like this is like some weird thing that's happened to me. The older I've gotten, I don't know what that means, but the older I've gotten, (laughs) the more, the thinner and crispier. I like my pizza. I I don't know what that, I feel like I'm, maybe I'm just turning into my mother, which she was a lovely (laughs) woman, uh, but she liked everything thin and crispy. And I feel like that's just happening as I'm aging where when I was younger, I liked more fluff and now I don't have time for fluff. (laughs) Drew, okay? There's no time for fluff. 
we got to get right to the core of it. And yeah. it's easier to do that with New York pizza. Speaking of the core of things. Okay, here we so go. the Buffalo Bills, nice. right? I, I nice. too agree with the Bills fan that Josh Allen is the guy who can get them to that promised land. I just don't think Josh Allen is going to fall off after the season. So if he doesn't do it at 26 years old, I think y'all will be okay. I think you'll still be back next season. I know Super Bowl windows aren't large and all that stuff, but I think that the AFC is completely stacked this season. And so if the Buffalo Bears, Bills merely make it to a Super Bowl, I would say that's still a pretty good season for the Bills and certainly a better one than they had last season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are sitting at second on these NFL power rankings on ESPN.com. Are you surprised that the Bucks are second? They are ahead of the defending champs yes. who are sitting at third in the Los Angeles Rams. That's why I'm surprised by it, Amber. I, you know, notably absent from the top two in the power rankings is the reigning Super Bowl champ. And I'm not the guy who's going to sit here and say, until someone beats them, they have to be the number one team in the power rankings because, you know, let's be honest. I think if the Bills and Rams played neutral field right now, the Bills would probably be favored by a couple of points. But I also think that if the Bucks and Rams played on a neutral field, I think the Rams would be favored considering we don't know what's going on with the Bucks' offensive line. We talked about this a bunch yesterday on the show. That offensive line is in shambles. And Tom Brady entering his age 45 season, great against the blitz. But if you can generate pressure with three or four guys rushing, I think that's a big problem for Tampa Bay. So I'm a little surprised. I know that this power ranking was probably compiled before some of the injuries to the Bucks offensive line. But we're looking at a group, Amber, that's going to potentially be missing four of the five guys from last year's front five couple of them due to injuries and we don't know when they're coming back I think it's a big concern and if I were doing my personal power rankings I'd bump them down a few spots because of it I heard Harry Douglas say today on the radio that Tom Brady had the second quickest release in the NFL last season and Harry Douglas watches more film than just about anybody so uh, I'm going to trust his information there we know that Tom Brady gets the ball out unbelievably fast. That was with a O-line that was not broken. And then, like you mentioned now, they, well, they lost two starters on that line that they were trying to shore up anyways, and now they have two major injuries on that line and worse also dealing with injury as well. So they are battling through it in terms of that O-line. But when you have the quarterback with the quickest release or the second quickest release in the NFL, that's one way to evade that pressure. The problem is that that quarterback is 45 years old. And if, in fact, it doesn't work and he can't read the defense quite as quickly if there's a breakdown of the play, then you have a problem because you have a quarterback that's already not known, even if he was 25, for being particularly <laughs> mobile. And then he's 45. So you're concerned about his health and what that can mean, like you are with all older players in the National Football League. All of that being said, the Rams still have their own injury concerns, though, right? I mean, I know we're yes. all just brushing off Matthew Stafford's elbow, but it does seem like a viable concern when the Rams came out themselves and told you that, yeah, we kind of tried everything this offseason and nothing worked. And I know he had elbow injuries, apparently, when he won the Super Bowl last season, but he's not the youngest quarterback either in the league, and it seems like those elbow injuries might be adding up. Yeah, I think it's cause for concern, no doubt. I mean, their offensive line looks a little different this year as well retirement Andrew Whitworth lose a guy in free agency but it doesn't seem like as much of a concern as the Bucks. like you said though the difference is the quarterback I mean even though Tom Brady just came back to practice the other day he's such a known commodity um, and we don't know of any injury issues with him at least as of now whereas with Stafford it's been weeks of speculation about how serious this elbow injury is 
Uh, but I think given what the Rams did last year, they certainly deserve to be number two. I think the most interesting team in the top 10 of the power rankings is the Bengals. They're at number five. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl last year as a four seed, as the last division winner in the AFC. I, I think five might be a little ambitious for this team. I know, I know what happened last year in the playoffs. I know how much we all love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and that whole receiver core. I don't know, though. We didn't see it in the regular season, and I feel like the power rankings were trying to determine who the best teams are right now. Um, and I feel like number five is a little high for the Bengals. They're ahead of the Packers. Really? Yeah, they're ahead of the, the 49ers, who I know didn't have a great regular season last year either. But I don't know. I mean, I know we're expecting Joe Burrow to take a leap, but it kind of feels to me like that was a great month they had last year. But I don't think they're the fifth best team in the league right now. I understand why you're saying that. They snuck up and surprised us last season, and some of that had to do with the health of that Bengals team at the time. They were one of the healthier teams in the playoffs. They were able to capitalize on that at the right time. I don't even know, though, if anybody's expecting a leap from Joe Burrow. I mean, what, where, how far can doesn't we really leap? Need you know? a leap yeah. Like, he doesn't need a leap. Like, where are we going from here? But a leap from that O-line. I think that's yeah. why you put the respect on that Bengals team. This is a Bengals team that was in a Super Bowl with an atrocious O-line, and then you try to shore up that line you bring in Collins I think that that team could look improved because of that and so I think that's why they're getting the respect and then the fact that they were under respected last season so I think that's why they they find themselves in the top five I don't have a huge problem with that um, based on the success that I saw from them I think there's question marks like I'm surprised the Packers are sitting just behind them at sixth I understand Aaron Rodgers is at the helm but who's he throwing the football to right I mean those are some big concerns there when it comes to a very new look receiving core in Green Bay. So I think you can question that. The San Francisco 49ers sitting at seventh on this list. Can Trey Lance play football? Because I've hardly seen him play it even in college, Drew. Yeah, yeah, that's a question mark. I mean, I think people are just assuming that the Shanahan system is going to allow him to succeed. It's been pretty good to Jimmy G the last few years. So I guess the, the assumption is that Trey Lance will be good in the system too and their ceiling will be higher. I mean, with the top 10, I think we're we're picking nits here. All these teams should be pretty good. The one that really grinds my gears is the Vikings at 24. I'm not saying well, the Vikings should be top five, but 24, come on. You are. Uh, They're and at least don't, mediocre. Don't you worry. We will get to your Minnesota Vikings <laughs> that you just want to throw in here at 24. We are going to, at the bottom of this hour, we are going to get into teams. Are they properly rated? Where are they going from here? Are they too high, too low, or just right? So we will continue to go through these NFL power rankings. You guys can check them out on ESPN.com. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Coming up next, plenty more Canty and Carlin. This is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not 
not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys today on Canty and Carlin. And it is time for one of my favorite segments, which is where we take something set on Get Up and we get down with it in the afternoon, Drew. So Tim Hasselback, ESPN's NFL analyst, he was on Get Up earlier and he was asked how dangerous the Raiders can be in their division. Do we have the hassle back sound? It just creates so many problems. I truly don't don't know. I'm eager to see this season how people are going to try to defend these guys. It's a matchup league. Each one of those guys is a matchup nightmare. And so, you know, how they end up being played, I think think is a big mystery. And I'm not quite honestly sure how people are going to do it. Well, certainly the entrance of Devontae Adams makes this team much harder to defend than it was last season, Drew. And this Raiders team is interesting because I think we were all surprised that they stayed on track at all last season, right? Like, how do you make a postseason with everything that happened to that team? How did the wheels not fall off very early in that season? It's remarkable when you consider everything that happened last season. This season, you think there will be some semblance of consistency and obviously you still have Derek Carr at the helm and most people think that he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. Now he's obviously got Devontae Adams. That'll look a lot better weapon-wise for him. But there are questions at head coach here. I mean, the last time we saw Josh McDaniels as a head coach, wasn't pretty, Drew. Yeah, not great. In this division with the Broncos, also he sort of was for a hot second with the Colts, if you remember when he had a little dalliance with Indianapolis before he went back to New England. Yeah, that's that's kind of my big hang-up for the Raiders. For some reason, I just can't get there on this team with how loaded this division is. But our guy Evan, the producer, has some taste. I mean, you're a big Raiders guy, aren't you? Well, I, I just think the Raiders have the best weapons in this division. I think yeah. people forget that they added Chandler Jones to a defense that was already good. Uh, the question marks in the secondary are, are there for this team, and that's, I think, the biggest hang-up people have with them. There's no no doubt this offense is going to be really good. And as Amber said, this team went through so much adversity last season and Derek Carr was focusing on so many things outside of football and still had a career year that I, I just think Derek Carr can go to like that next level. I'll never forget, like it was like a year ago that Keyshawn Johnson was producing that show, said to me, Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford are the same guy. First seven years in the league, they're the same guy. And I looked at the numbers, I was like, you know what, he's right. 
And people slept on Matthew Stafford winning a Super Bowl until he did it. And I wonder if Derek Carr is that guy this year that when we get to the end of the season, we'll look at Derek Carr the way we look at Matthew Stafford now. Because I think we look at Derek Carr now the way we looked at Matthew Stafford a year ago. So I'm really high on the on the Raiders. I'm not high on the Broncos. I don't see how any, re, any way the Broncos could be ahead of the Raiders on this list. Because I think there is a huge drop-off in this division when you go from three to four and I have the Broncos fourth. Like, the top three teams all to me could win the division you get to the Broncos there is no doubt in my mind that they are finishing fourth that they are the worst team in this all division. right well we, sh- we should make this interesting we should bet lunch or a steak or something because are you really telling me that Derek Carr is better than Russell Wilson is that what you're saying <laughs> oh that is definitely what Evan yes. Wilner is saying How? if you don't know Evan Wilner's take yeah, Russell, Russell Wilson take Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback in this division what? that's unbelievable what? I'm surprised you didn't say in the NFL Evan, with, with how <laughs> well, you no. genuinely feel about Russell No, as, as long as Zach Wilson, as, as a Jets fan, I have to say, as long as Zach Wilson's still on an NFL roster, Flacco, I'm sorry, but I think starter. Zach Wilson might be the worst quarterback in the NFL. Oh, yeah. See, uh, I, I just can't get on board with that. I, I like it, Evan. I, li- I, I think what you're saying makes sense to me, but I just feel like you're sleeping on Russell Wilson, to be honest. Like, you, you say everyone else is sleeping on Derek Carr. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl in his second year in the league. Yeah, and what has he done since? That was a long time what you, ago. What do you mean? What has he done? On the a Seahawks. defense that was, like, legendary. Like, one of the best defenses okay. ever. And I'm looking more at Russell Wilson last year, the year before, when he had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and he doesn't have anything close to that My, on this. Jerry Judy, you could argue, all, you could argue that. that he had some down seasons the last couple years. With now, of really course. good weapons. Okay. You could argue no, no, no. Seattle generally no, had no, some no, down no. seasons. And by the way, he was playing through a thumb injury last season. If you pull his numbers, playing through a thumb injury in a down, air quotes, season, still pretty good for Russell. Exactly. Wilson. Last year was a down season. He was injured. You guys realize that he was a starter in Seattle for 10 years and had one sub-500 season? One, he's missed two games in his career. Like, this guy has been consistently a top five or top ten quarterback basically since he came into the league. So to just dismiss him as the fourth best quarterback in this division I think is insane. Like, is he corny? Yeah. Are we all jealous of him being married to Sierra? Yeah. But is he the fourth best quarterback in this division? No way. No way. No way. He like, will be this year because I just, well, I also just don't think he has the weapons around him. I just Tim Patrick got hurt. I'm not sold on their running game. I'm not sold on. Why Jerry are you not Judy. sold on their running game? I'm just, I, I I like what is, like Javante Williams is one of the most talented running backs in the league. Like t- okay, Tim Patrick is injured. Cortland Sutton can be a legit number one. Jerry Judy was a top ten pick in the draft. KJ Hamler they also drafted in the first round. Albert O like has Iowa produced just any good? Just because you got end? drafted high though doesn't make you. Thank you. Great players. They, I mean, you are throwing out draft stock like it's proof that this is going to be a good Broncos team. I am not one who has thought that the Broncos are just a quarterback away. We're going to find out because now they've got their quarterback. Now, I don't feel like Heaven feels about Russell Wilson. I also don't feel like you feel about Russell Wilson. I feel like I'm more playing Switzerland here. I'm more yeah, between you, you two, you right? Because, you know, when you're looking at this division, obviously it's a completely loaded division. I think we can have the argument between Russell Wilson and Derek Carr. I don't think it's nearly as cut and dry as you're making it seem, Drew. I mean, Derek Carr also is a quarterback consistently in that 10 to 12 range each and every year with that consistent leadership when you pull all of his numbers and you're talking about eight seasons with the same team with the Raiders. And so you could argue that he also has 
hasn't had the weapons. That Matt Stafford comparison might be a pretty good one to what's it look like now with the upgraded. I mean, Devontae Adams, a lot of people think, is the best receiver in the NFL. Denver doesn't have one of them, even if you are pretty high, Drew, on that receiver room in Denver. Are either of us arguing, though, or is any of us arguing about Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes? I mean, neither Russell Wilson nor Derek Carr are as good as those two guys, right? Yeah, I think Russell Wilson is closer to that tier than the Derek Carr tier in terms of so what, you have what Derek Carr just in being the NFL. way below. Listen, See, I, I have Derek Carr and Russell Wilson being like around the same ballpark. Same. Based on And then what? Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert being sort of that next top tier echelon. Ba- based on what? Like what has Derek Carr done to prove that he's as good as Russell Wilson. Well, again, he's always that court. He's always a top 12, you know, top 15 quarterback each and every year. And I and don't think all of these Raiders teams that Derek Carr has been on have been the greatest teams. It's like watching Matthew Stafford with the Lions all those years where you can see the consistency and you can see the leadership and you can see that he's got the goods, but he doesn't necessarily have the right team around him. So we will find out about this division this season on the NFL power rankings on ESPN.com. They do have the Raiders listed as the last team in this division. I still have the Broncos, I think, as my last team. One spot in behind this Denver in the power rankings. I mean, so we will see flip-flop. how this plays out. But uh, most people are a bit higher on the Chiefs and the Chargers in this division, although the Chargers have some question marks as well, particularly when we're talking about the head coach. So we are going to continue, of course, with all NFL talk throughout the show, plus a big day for the big tour. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. You're listening to Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can always give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We have been talking about a lot of NFL on today's show, but there was huge breaking news out of the world of golf. So we want to bring in our friend Peter Burns, host of PGA Tour Live on ESPN, and of course, host of Best Week Ever here on ESPN Radio on Sunday mornings. Hey, Peter, thanks for joining us. 
Uh, it is the best week ever if you're a PGA Tour fan, if you might be a PGA Tour golfer for the game of golf. This this was a monstrous day, y'all, of uh, what the PGA Tour announced earlier today. It was. So the top players yep. from the PGA Tour are committing to compete in at least 20 events starting next season, including 12 elevated tournaments, they're calling them. That will have average purses of $20 million. The player's commitment comes on the heels of a player's only meeting that was hosted by Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. What does all of this mean? There was other changes as well, some innovative stuff that the PGA Tour is going to be doing. What is just your general reaction? You said it's a good day if you're a golf fan. Why? Yeah, it's a great day because, you know, golf had had felt like there was this fracture headed, right? Like, you know, I had all these great players that decided, all right, I want to go go to live golf and I was going to take this guaranteed money. And then the question was, what was the next step for the PGA Tour that lost uh, several really high profile, really good players and big time names? And was there going to be continued to be these defections? And ultimately, what ended up happening is that the PGA Tour had to do an about face and had to really take a look at it and go, what? what are we doing? What What's our plan going forward? Okay, now we already saw the litigation that's going on, but that clearly wasn't making its mark. And so at some point, they looked at it and said, we need to band together and what are these new ideas? You know, y'all, this reminds me a lot of what the NCAA was facing in the collegiate athletic uh, landscape over the last year or two, right? Like the status quo was always good. Nothing, there was no issues and everybody, you know, complained a little bit here and there, but what were you going to do about it? Well, guess what? All of a sudden, the Supreme Court went, ruled 9-0 against it, and then the NCAA has been up against its apps on the ropes. And I don't know if it'll ever get back to where it was. Well, the PGA Tour was kind of up against the ropes with Live Golf in the fact that you saw this huge kind of divide of the game. And what today announcement is that you're going to see the best play the best at least probably 15 to 20 times a year. You're going to have star-studded fields. I just did PGA Tour Live at BMW Championship, and it was great. We had some of the best players in the world all competing. The golf was incredible. The, the, the players loved it. The fans loved it. The ratings were great. But you don't always get that week to week. Now with these elevated uh, prize and these, these kind of elevated events, you'll get that now. But the other part of it is that, hey, if you are guaranteed PGA Tour member, you're going to get a half a million dollars. Basically, the league is going to, the PGA Tour is going to guarantee you half a million dollars. And as you earn that prize money, it's less money that they have to put out of, out of the pocket. But that helps a bunch of young and up and coming guys. And for people that don't make the cut, that don't have that exempt status, they're also going to get travel expenses now around $5,000. So pretty much on every level, PGA Tour winners ended up winning today. Peter, I wonder what you think Phil Mickelson is thinking today. Is he thinking, I told you so, the PGA Tour has to change? Or is he saying, oh, shoot, my live golf thing might be dead now? How do you think he reacted to this? Well, A, he needed the money, and I think he got a boatload of money from live golf. So I, I, I think he's okay with that aspect yeah. of it. But I guarantee he's probably taking a, a, a nice pool of a, a you know $50,000 bottle of wine right now <laughs> going, I kind of told you this is what you need. And, and really, that's what happened. Without Live Golf, y'all, I don't believe this happens, right? Or at least if it does, it doesn't happen this quick. This is kind of what Phil Mickelson had said about, hey, we need some leverage against the PGA Tour to make these steps. And to their credit, instead of waiting for a year and a half and to figure out what happens in litigation, the PGA Tour, alongside a huge factor of Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy getting everybody together, going, Let's work this out 
And what they've done now is really create a very, very advantageous uh, um, program and in, 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 in highway map for, for the tour and its fans. Peter, you keep mentioning that uh, lawsuit right now against the PGA Tour, and it's Peter Burns joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys. And that pending federal suit from the Live Golf players who are suing the PGA Tour, we've seen several of those players drop out of that suit Mm -hmm. recently. We know that there's not going to be a trial for at least a year and a half, it looks like, in that pending lawsuit. What do you think happens here with these Live players? I mean, is there any possibility? I would imagine they're under contract now with Live. Like, is there any possibility that they see the changes the PGA Tour made and they make up with the PGA Tour in some manner? What does this mean moving forward for these Live golfers and for Live Golf? Well, that, that they're going to be Live Golfers for a while, right? I mean, Jay Monahan today was was asked that question going, hey, is there kind of a, you know, come back and we'll, we'll take you in? And he basically said, no, you've made that decision. Now, does that soften two years down the road, three years down the road? Quite possibly, Right. I mean, I, I could foresee a world in which the PJ Tour and its moves today does extremely well. Right. The, 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 the ratings are great because you have better fields. The ha- players are happy. And I could see Live Golf one day actually getting a television rights deal in the United States for their events. And I can almost see us having some type of a Super Bowl of golf where we have Live versus PGA Ooh. Tour. Now, I think that that could be four or five years down the road once everybody's you know, uh, feelings are, are, are settled and you don't see as much um, you know, litigation going on. But I do think this kind of gives each of these, these you know, rival tours now a, a, a healthy spot. And I think it also cuts the amount of people that are thinking about going to Live. I think there's probably three or four golfers that were part of these conversations that – may have defected over to live that with today's decision have decided, you know what, I want to be a part of it. And I don't think we can give enough credit to what Tiger Woods has been a part of in this whole process. I think without Tiger, you don't have that voice in the room that everyone listens to along with Rory McIlroy. Peter Burns, you hear him here every Sunday, best week ever on ESPN Radio, 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Peter, thanks so much for joining us. See y'all. Coming up next, we will continue to react to the NFL Power Rankings. You can find them on ESPN.com and plenty more. This is Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Drew Carter. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. get you fired up so for funny. Edwin Diaz? Is that who you want to see right thing. now? I'm not going to do the trumpet thing like every Mets fan does at City Field. Yeah, you got, you can do it. I'm doing the air trumpet. You can do it. Yeah. Nobody can see me right now because we're not <laughs> even on ESPN Plus right now. We are normally, just not for this extra content here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Timmy the trumpet. Timmy trumpet? Timmy I think trumpet. he's just Timmy yeah. trumpet. No I the. think I added a the That's okay. in there unnecessarily. Timmy trumpet, of course. <laughs> last name trumpet. Very convenient his last name is trumpet when I he know. plays the trump, isn't it? Awesome. It worked out like that. It's yeah, it's weird how that works. Uh, Timmy Trumpet, one of the artists, of course, behind this song, which is the viral Edwin Diaz entrance song, Narco. He is going to appear at City Field to throw out an honorary first pitch before the Mets game when they take on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Timmy Trumpet and Mets closer Edwin Diaz will be available for media together before the game. So you have nice. to tune into that, Drew. Yep, yep. Uh, if Diaz appears in the game, 
Timmy Trumpet is going to perform Narco live as Diaz enters from the bullpen. Uh, what do you make of a live Timmy Trumpet performance? The game is on Tuesday. I'm going to try to get to City Field for the game. I love the idea. Our resident Yankees fan, well, there are a lot of them, but our producer, Evan Wilner, does not love the idea. Why is that, Evan? Well, I'm just saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if you're the Mets and you've had the history you've had, my biggest fear as a Mets fan would be Timmy Trumpet plays it live. He blows the save tonight, and it breaks Edwin Diaz, and he's not right the rest Hell of the season. No. Like, what? <laughs> like, you have to put that in your mind if you're if you're a Yankee fan. Now, is least. that just you being, a, like, a baseball fan and baseball's weird with the yeah, superstitions, or is that you just being a, a Mets fan with just so much trauma and, and in your praying, past? Praying well, on I'm, his downfall. I'm not a Mets fan, but I'm, yeah. I am friends with a ton of Mets fans, and they are all the same way. They're all, like, you know, very superstitious and, like, the, this is well, it's the normally worst. the Jets crowd as well. And most Mets and Jets fans, you know, Long Island, they, yeah. they kind of go together. And well, so, look what happened to Zach Wilson, right? Like, yeah. look what just happened to Zach Wilson. I mean, and it feels Darnold And Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith. I, I, I couldn't disagree more. I think this will be a great moment in the documentary about the Mets World Series championship in 2022, beating the Yankees in the Subway Series. This will be a nice little end to Act One, maybe. Diaz used Narco as his entrance song back in 2018 when he was with Seattle, but he brought it back in 2020, and it has has taken the Mets by storm and the nation by storm. So maybe we'll get a live rendition of it tonight, 7.10 p.m., when the Mets take on the Dodgers. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys. Give him a follow on Twitter and on the gram, Droodle25. That is his handle, at least for now. At Amber W Sports is my handle if you're interested. You can also give us a call. You guys have been quiet today. Triple Eight, say ESPN 888-729-3776. We have been having a lot of fun with ESPN's NFL power rankings. The preseason power rankings were just released on ESPN.com, part of NFL Nation. You can go check it out there on the dot com. But we wanted to play a little game here of too high, too low, or just right to get through several of oh, these teams yeah. that we haven't even gotten a chance to hit on yet. I'm and for that, this we bring music in, in my headphones. Oh, this for is that good. we bring in our executive. Pre- it, this music just it feels uh, like did football, I just right? get yes. <laughs> yeah, well, like, well, you're the producer. You, who's a, who's above you? You're executive. I'm making you the executive. You're the executive producer, Evan Wilner. What's up, Evan? All right, so let's start with the Bills. We've done a lot of it, but I, I want to know, are the Bills just too high or just right here at number one? Uh, just right. I would say that the Bills deserve that ranking. On paper, they look like the best team in the AFC, and if you're the best team in the AFC, then you're the best team in football because the AFC is such a loaded conference. So I would say just right for the Buffalo Bills. I'm with it. I'm with you, Amber. I say Bills number one is just right. That's where they belong, and they should win the Super Bowl this year. If they don't, it's a disappointment. All right, let's move to the defending Super Bowl champs. Let's go to the Rams, number three. Too high, too low, just right. I say too low by a hair, literally by one. I, I think they should be above the Bucks just because of the offensive line issues we've, we've discussed ad nauseum. I feel like the Rams really turned a corner last year, even though they were the four seed in the playoffs. Clearly the best team in the league by the time the year was over. I think they should be number two. 
Uh, I don't have a problem with them actually sitting at three. We have some elbow issues with Matthew Stafford, departure of Von Miller. They don't have OBJ, at least for not not for now. Maybe they'll get him back in something like December when it matters most. Uh, but I, I do think that this Rams team looks slightly different than the one that won the Super Bowl. I, I don't have a huge problem with them sitting in the top three, but at number three. How about the Packers at number six? Too high, too low, just right, Amber. This is way too high for me. The Packers at number Whoa. six. Who's Aaron? Who's Aaron Rodgers throwing the football to? And yes, I, I get it. These young receivers have looked good in the in the preseason so far. And we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. But sixth? I mean, I think that this Green Bay Packers team has viable concerns here. And then when you consider that Bakhtiari is returning from that major ACL tear, when this O-line has some serious questions on it as well, I, I definitely think that the Packers at six, six is too high. I hear what you're saying, Amber. I, I don't know who you would put ahead of them, though. I mean, there are a lot of question marks for pretty much everyone outside the top five. As someone who's been terrorized by Aaron Rodgers my entire life, I'm never going to say he's too high. I think it's just right for the Packers at number six. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers can probably catch the ball himself, unlike Tom Brady's wife said back in the Super Bowl that one time. I actually think Aaron Rodgers can throw and catch it himself. doesn't really matter that they don't have Devonta anymore. How about the Chargers at number eight? This is the second highest AFC West team. The Chiefs are at fourth. So the Chargers at eight, too high, too low, just right. Just right to me. I think Justin Herbert is obviously a star, still ascending, great weapons, pretty good offensive line, stars on defense. I think eight feels good to me. They just haven't really proved it yet, but I think this is a good spot. Uh, Justin Herbert's going to get paid after this season. Uh, So something like a contract year for Herbert, even if it's not officially Obviously, that defense got better bringing in Khalil Mack. I think that this whole team is going to be better. I actually would have them ahead of the Green Bay Packers. So, for me, the Los Angeles Chargers are too low. The people forget the Titans last year were like the top seed. They had they the were. buy in the AFC. I think people forget that. They're 11th in the preseason power rankings. Too high, too low, just right for the Titans at 11, Amber. Tannehill, 14 interceptions last season, but a very, very injured team. The expectations they fell very short of, but again, he didn't have the help in the backfield. About every single one of his receivers was injured for a pretty significant time during the season, but now he's lost some of those receiving weapons, and who knows what Derrick Henry is going to be look like look like uh, coming back from injury. I spent seven years watching the Ryan Tannehill experience in Miami. I think he can be a decent quarterback if he's got the right pieces around him. And that's what he is if, in fact, he has the right pieces around him. I don't even know if he's going to be the starter for them at the end of the year or if they're going to move on to the Rook uh, because they'll be close to getting out from under that Tannehill contract. So, yes, to me, the Tennessee Titans are ranked too high on this list. I like it, Amber. I'm with you. I think just a little too high. I feel like the Titans could be the most disappointing team in the league this year considering they were the one seed in the AFC last season. I like the Colts to win this division. And I don't mind that maybe Malik Willis does take over this job because he could be a superstar in the making. So I'm with you. I think too high for Tennessee. How about the Patriots? Not sure who their offense coordinator is. Might be Joe Judge. Might be Charlie Weiss. No. Might be Bill O'Brien. Might be Joe Judge. (laughs) Might be Matt Patricia. Patriots are 16th. Is that too high, too low, or just right, Amber? 
I mean, we laugh, but man. And then the reports, of course, yeah. coming out of the training camp. I mean, we just got a report yesterday. It was the worst that this Patriots offense has ever looked. I mean, yes, it's training camp. It's preseason. I think the departure of Josh McDaniels actually matters, though. Uh, I, I do think that there's a lot of question marks when it comes to this Patriots team and another lack of weapons, which seems to be a story here with this Patriots team. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't love I don't love them even at 16th. I'll say too high. Yeah, avert your eyes. This offense could be hideous to watch. You might be the offensive coordinator, Evan. I, I'd say way too high for the Patriots by about 10 spots. Yeah. We'll talk Patriots tomorrow. Eric Mangini, former D.C., former uh, head coach of the Jets and the All Browns. Right. going to be on the show tomorrow. That's a tease, Drew. Nice. Something lurking with me. And uh, last one, <laughs> Dolphins, oh 19th. Too high, too low, just right. Oh, this is too low. These Miami Dolphins. This is going to be a new look Miami Dolphins team. This is going to be the year that Tua proves you all wrong. I tell you, this is a very objective view from this Dolphins (laughs) fan over here. Obviously, he's got the fastest wide receiving core in the league, but this Miami Dolphins team did everything it could to put Tua in a position for success, including trying to shore up that O-line. I don't want to hear Mina Kimes out here. She she has the Dolphins O-line slander. She'll tell you, even with Teron Armstead, still doesn't look that good. Listen, he's got the protection now. He has the receiving core. He's even got the help in the backfield. And I believe in this head coach. I don't really know why, because <laughs> nobody seemed to ever, like be interviewing him for head coach other than the Miami Dolphins, but he seems cool, Drew. It's the watch game. That's why you believe in him. Also, two is he more has accurate a than watch game. Yeah, two is more accurate than Mahomes. We've learned that this offseason. If you're going to get off your homer takes, I will as well. The Vikings at number 23. Oh, we're back to that. Way too low. You're Way too low. Them. Not going to win the, the Super Vikings Bowl. Where should the Vikings be? Like at 16, they should be. Flip the Patriots and the Vikings. I am saying as a Vikings fan, I want my uh, team to be objective. right in the middle. I don't have high expectations, but they're at least mediocre. You don't have high expectations. You just want them to be a top 20 team in the league. And listen, some people would agree with you yes. that the Vikings could be sneaky good this season. I'm not one of those people. Coming up next, more Dolphins talk. This is Canty and Carlin <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.